This week on Glistening Particles. That he was a really tall guy, and one day he was hiking on trail, and some little kid who was out with his family for a day hike was running up the trail, and he had his head down, and he almost ran into Griff, and oh. he looked up, and he yelled, and he went, It's a little giant! <laughs> This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Before we get started, I want to take a moment to thank you for listening. I'd love to start connecting with you, my listeners. If you'd like to share your thoughts about this episode or any of the episodes, watch for posts for each of them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I can imagine the energy of connecting over these inspiring people's stories. I mean, maybe, just maybe, you have the same passion, or maybe you've been wanting to talk to someone with this thing going on. Yes, we need to talk. Come find me. Hey everyone, in this episode I'm talking with Jesse Cody, aka The Boston Mule, aka Hike the Good Hike. And if you've ever wanted to redirect your life all of a sudden, take a total pivot to another direction, you'll want to hear this story because it will totally inspire you. Imagine being at a stage in your life where you suddenly realize something's got to change. And then you take the leap. That's his story. With that, here's Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Welcome to Glistening Particles. Hey, Jane. Thanks for having me. Greatly appreciate coming on. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you here. And uh, to let everyone know where I found you, because sometimes it's a mystery, um, I was on Instagram and I saw your feed on Hike the Good Hike. And I started reading about you and I realized you're living what I would call one of my dreams, which is sort of like getting out in the woods every day and spending your time hiking. So why don't we tell everybody how you did that? All right. Sounds good. Um, so kind of playing off what you just said with living the dream, um, kind of to, to get to that point, I had to be in a little bit of a nightmare. So um, back when I was 40 years old, uh, just as I was turning 40, I was in a restaurant management career for about 14 years, um, living a pretty unhealthy lifestyle, um, very overweight, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, drinking a lot at night, kind of just falling into the lifestyle that goes with restaurant managing uh, or just being in that business altogether. And uh, there was a, I knew I was having problems. I was battling um, some mental health issues. I was really down. I was battling some depression. Um, I just didn't see my life going anywhere or any direction that I, I, I thought I was capable of going in. Um, and there was one specific moment when I actually turned 40 and I had my, my birthday party. We had a big bash at my dad's house in his, in his backyard. 
all decorated with lights and we had a live band and we had barbecue catering and we had bars and I had tons of friends, probably 50 plus people. Um, and I remember looking around saying to myself, look at this amazing life that you, you know, that you've built and the love that's in your life and, and the people that love to be around you and, and the people that look at you and think, man, Jesse's a great guy. He's living such a great life. And I remember just feeling so hollow and lost. Wow. I've got like goosebumps just hearing that. I mean, I'm almost tearing up and it almost looks like you are. uh, Yeah. It's that must've been quite a moment. It's emotional for me when I, when I, when I reflect back on it. It's like we're living a a lie. Like we're, it's all pretend. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And that, and that's kind of how I felt. I felt like, um, I was acting, you know, I was kind of putting on, putting on a show, you know, that everything was great. And I was making good money, but I was just making bad decisions. I wasn't saving my money, like everything in terms of, of commitment and being mature and uh, trying to live your life correctly. I, I was the opposite. Mm. And, uh, and, it, and it really, really started to get to me because, you know, you turn 40. So you're like, I'm 40. What, what am I doing? Like, I'm so unhappy with myself and, and unhappy with the way I'm living my life. Um, so I started thinking about that, you know, and I started thinking to myself, is this, is this it? Is this how I, is this how I want to live the rest of my life? Um, and I started saying to myself, you, you got to start making some, some decisions. Mm-hmm. You have, you have to realize what's right for you and what you need to do for yourself. And the first decision I made is I, I knew I had to get out of this career. Um, I knew I had to walk away from restaurant managing because it just, it was intoxicating. It, it had total control of my life. I was working 60 plus hours a week, you mm-hmm. know, education, just no real life, not very good relationships. It just kind of, you know, it was a dead end for me. So, um, and that's that was hard to do, like making that decision. It's scary because it's like all, you know, right? Absolutely. I right. mean, it was super scary. So making that decision, first question I had is what what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. If I walk away from this at the age of 40, like where am I going to turn and, and what's the restart for me? I didn't have a college degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't like I had that to fall back on. I did go to school um, to be a massage therapist, but this was back in my early 20s. And I kind of thought to myself, well, you did that for a few years, but but you didn't really you know, take hold of that and really want to do it. You didn't mm-hmm. feel like that was your career. So I felt like I didn't really want to try to go back to being a massage therapist. Um, I did some high school cross country track coaching. I started looking at things and I was like, maybe I can go back to school, but it, it just, I, I had no clue really what I was going to do. Um, but I, but I knew that I had to get out of this career. Like I knew that was one major step that I needed to take, um, to start pushing myself in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So funny enough, while, while I'm doing this, um, and I'm, I'm starting to do, I'm still in my job, but I'm figuring out how I can get out of this job mm-hmm. <laughs> and what I'm going to do after this job. I started doing some research and I was constantly like researching things on the computer and I just so happened to catch that Robert Redford was making the book A Walk in the Woods uh, into a movie. Okay. So I remember him thinking to myself, oh, you know what? I read that book um, in my early 20s and it's a book about two guys that take on the Appalachian Trail and there's one main character and the reason that he did it um, is because he lived he lived up in, um, in New Hampshire and the AT was kind of in his backyard and one day he decided to take a little walk on the trail that he saw and he saw a sign that said Appalachian Trail, Georgia to Maine and he was like, wow. <laughs> and he decided, you know, at this point in my life, like, I think this is something I want to try. So I picked that book back up at 40 and I started right. reading it and within three chapters, <clears throat> again me. i see you i, I can uh for everyone listening i can see um 
Jesse on the screen and it's like totally bringing tears to your eyes. And, you know, I think about that, like we've had those moments where a seed was planted and we know it at the time, but we're not like, we just don't have enough fire in us or, or confidence or faith in the, in that seed to take the leap then. Right. And then it comes back around again and it just slaps you in the face. I have the same one. I had this, like this story, I could tell the same story, only different, like what the seeds were and what I need to do. Uh, it's all around the Italy trip eventually. Um, but it's it's like I felt that like, oh, my gosh, I feel that inside of me. That's who I am. And then mm-hmm. I set it aside because it's like, oh, I can't do that. That's turning my life upside down. Right. And then you keep like suffering through it. It's like you just right. keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And then all of a sudden when it comes back around, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And you do it. It's not hard. It's hard exactly. but not hard. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And, you know, before I get into kind of playing off what you were just saying, you know, when I, when I was, you know, three chapters in and here I am and I'm reading this and I go, wait a minute, (laughs) (laughs) this is, this is striking a big core to me because here's a story about someone who needed to think about life and just said, maybe I should take a walk and and be be amongst people that are are doing the same and Mm -hmm. being in be a wilderness, you know, and to get to truly see the, the beauty of of what the world provides. So I, I made this decision. Like, I think I want to hike the Appalachian Trail. Um, now, listen, I had never done an overnight hike in my life. Mm-hmm. If you asked me how to set up a tent, I'd have no clue. <laughs> I, like, uh, I, did me either. <laughs> yeah. I did some day hikes in Colorado with some friends, and I remember loving that. So I was reading the book, and I was like, hey, when I did those couple day hikes in Colorado I remember really liking it thinking wow how cool it was to be on top of a mountain looking at all this beauty so piggybacking off of what you were talking about that that moment what I said to myself was this is a crazy decision to make this is something that a lot of people are going to look at me and think I'm completely insane which was the case right right (laughs) but I felt like what do I have to lose I'm rock bottom for me on personal level I'm rock bottom. My my mind is a mess. Mm-hmm. My body's a mess. My soul's a mess. Everything's a mess. What do I have to lose to do the, the right research, put myself in position to get down to Georgia and see if I can walk to Maine? And that's what I did. Oh know? my and, gosh, that's insane. Yeah. Like yeah. like to realize that at that point, like how people can get to that point of it being so low and that's where they can make the decision. What do you think the thing was that let you finally do it that let you finally like was it just the suffering was so bad that it hurt enough was Um, it the fear like what was it that made you finally go I have to do this thing you know it was the fear of where I was going with myself Um, okay you know like I'm not maybe at some point I was afraid to admit this but you know I I just felt so lost that it sometimes I questioned if it was even worth being here Right, right. That's hard to admit. But it was more the like, am I just marching down the hill to death? Mm -hmm. And I want to be like always marching up the hill until I fall off the cliff. Exactly. That's my plan. (laughs) Like we're going up, 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 up. And eventually (laughs) it will be falling off the cliff. And that's okay. Because then I know I've always been going up instead of back down. Yeah. 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 I think for me, you know, even having those thoughts, what, what I'm, what personally lucky for me is that I have so many good people in my life mm-hmm. and a lot of people that care and love for me that I, I would always think to myself, I could never do that because I could never 
put that kind of pain on the people that have loved and supported me my whole life. Yep, totally get it. Two kids, yeah. that's the whole thing so right now. <laughs> like, they would never leave them behind. Right? You know? right? Yeah. So yeah. there it was. It was like, okay, well, you're looking at options. Do you, right. Are you right. thinking about actually doing something that extreme? Or do you want to say, I'm restarting my life? Like, I'm walking away from everything, <laughs> literally. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I'm going to go try to figure out how I can better myself, live a healthier lifestyle, love myself. Right, and that's kind right. of like to, like what I'm learning more right now, you know, as I kind of continue to go through stages of things that I'm figuring out about myself. But most importantly, like to love myself and, and make sure I'm, I'm putting self-care into myself as much as possible. Right, um, right. And so, yeah, so, you know, as I was saying, I uh, – I did correct research. I reached out to people that hiked. I read everything I could. I, I read blogs and um, I started telling people, which was a really fun <laughs> part of this. You know? Right. Because they're remember. like, wow, really? Wow, yeah. you're doing that thing? Yeah. Well, not <laughs> that really. <laughs> I think soon after I started it, I got more of the wow factor. Um, beforehand, people were like, are you nuts? <laughs> like, you know, my family, my mom was just, she kind of really didn't understand the, the, the size of what I was doing. So she was like, okay, well, are there animals out there? <laughs> you know? And I was like, well, I'm sure there are. <laughs> not going to tell you that because you're going to worry too much. And then my dad was like, what are you talking about? Like, he just couldn't even fathom what I was talking about. But then he went and did research in the AT. Like I started reading. He came mm -hmm. back. He goes, you know what? <laughs> this sounds pretty amazing. Like if you feel like you want to do it, I support you. And my family, Aww. my brothers, you know, people, my stepdad, like people started embracing what I was doing. My friends were like, well, we'll see you in a week. Like, right. We're going to go down there. You'll, you'll catch the next flight out. Um, and, you know, March 15th of 2015, I was, I found myself standing on Springer Mountain down in Georgia. And I remember taking those first steps and I, like I was by myself, you know, there were other hikers around me, but like, right. I think you're just trying to take in the moment, but I'm taking those steps. And I remember just thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to try to walk to Maine. <laughs> right. Oh my God. I'm living my dream. Right. Yes. Like you yes. look around you because people say that all the time so flippantly, like, oh, I'm living the dream, you know, or, and then you see people who like, from your perspective, you're like, wow, they must be totally living the dream. But when you stand on your feet in that moment and look all around you and go, I am living my dream, there yeah. is just nothing like that. There's nothing like it. I mean, there's there's so many emotions that flow through you when you realize you're, you're there and you're, and you're taking those steps. And, you, of course, you're, you're, there's fear. There's there's just overwhelming joy. Um, right. There's shock that you've actually like, know that. done. You've actually got to this place where you're starting this hike. You're like, right. oh my goodness. And, be, and and for me personally, like most of my life, I've never really followed through with goals. Like I'm kind of that mm -hmm. person who's like, hey, I really want to do this. And I start and then I just kind of fade away. Yeah, I'm a great <laughs> starter. Let me tell you. I start lots of things all the time. And But that experience of doing like what you did, my own one, which was different. But when I got to that and did that live a dream moment, it mm -hmm. gave me the power to create more of those and to be less, a, more of a finisher than just a starter. Mm -hmm. Do you find that too? Well, I definitely find that because, you know, and we can, we can talk more about this with questions, but, you know, Ike the Good Ike, it's still a baby. It's still uh -huh. fresh. You know, that's why I really appreciate coming on here because, you know, I'm not this really amazingly established hiker that, you know, has a true answer to what I'm doing with Hike the Good Hike. But, you know, in, in cases before where I kind of faded away from things I was trying to do, I'm hitting roadblocks 
with what I'm trying to involve hike the good hike into. But instead of fading away, I'm like, all right, well, then let's go down the next road or the next trail and figure what, you know, what will work with what we're trying to do with hike the good hike. So I can't, yeah, that, that's the thing. It like changes you. And you know, the other thing at that moment when you were on the trail, the first steps, it's almost like a visceral expression of self-love mm. because creating yeah. that experience for yourself, it's like a clear and it's just a, it's a giant neon sign. Like I love myself cause I did this for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's plenty of moments like that, but then I learned a lot too about the many people that were watching from afar right? and they started feeling about it and just, you know, you know, I started blogging right away on another website called the dusty camel. I, I really wanted to, I think maybe in a sense when I first started to want to blog and, and, and post photographs, I mm-hmm. felt like maybe this is a way to kind of not give up. Right. Right. <laughs> if, if I open myself up to people following this, Right. It's going to be harder for me to say, I want to go home. You know? Right, right, exactly. Because you don't want, yeah, it's like you don't want to let them down. They're following yeah. you. They're supporting yeah. you now. It's like, well, if I if it's not enough to not let myself down, because I've done that before, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I won't let other people down. Yeah, that's exact. I do this exact same thing. And that's yeah. that's actually a great technique for finishing. Like right. it's, it's not like a, a weak thing. It's not like a weakness of having to have other people, you know, be the the motivation to continue it's like a good tool it's a valid mm-hmm. tool it really is right and and so and at first when I mean, i'm thinking that like if i do this you know that it puts a little pressure on um right. but it but that evolved too it became very different the way i looked at it because then i really started realizing how many people were were inspired by this you know mm-hmm. so it it almost became more like my gasoline fuel of the fire not that i felt pressured but i was like Oh my goodness, that right. fail, that overwhelming joy and that feeling of seeing people inspired by me taking these steps to Maine, that in itself became just such a spark. Right. Like, it yeah. pushed me, motivated that's, me every single day. That's every incredible. Day. So let's yeah. talk about that first hike. I want to hear about this first. Yeah. And how, like, I have no concept of how long that takes. <laughs> well, it took me six months of the day. I started March. Are you 15. serious? You were hiking yeah. for six months? Six months. Six oh my months. god! Yeah, oh my March fifteenth to September fifteenth uh, is when I summited Mount Katahdin in Maine. Um, and it's funny when you say you live in your dream. <laughs> the first day I was on Springer Mountain, it was I'd say sunny, sixty-five degrees, and it uh-huh. couldn't more perfect day for hiking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Look at this! This is gonna be <laughs> golden! Like, oh my goodness, could it be any better?" And then day two was uh, low forties with mm-hmm. freezing rain. <laughs> Oh, so, so much for that idea, right? <laughs> dream. <laughs> um, but in a sense, it was the dream, right? Because, you know, here I am, I'm living this life where I'm having all these feelings about myself and, and the way I'm living life. And I, I don't want to do a hike that is going to be perfect weather every day and, and, and not easy. You know what I mean? Right, like, I'm sorry, right. but like, but you know, like, Hey, let's, it's not a perfect, easy path. You know, that's right. just paving and, and it's easy for you to walk and the and the sun is shining down on you every day and right. your body feels good you know it's quite the opposite of that you know and it, it's i think i think the percentages have gone up but you know it's it's 75 percent 75 plus percent of the people that attempt the appalachian trail every year don't make it oh really know? oh wow yeah yeah and, and we're looking at this point in time that is 
over 5,000 hikers that attempted a year. 5,000 so, a year? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, when, um, when wild came out. Uh-huh. Oh, became, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. There became this huge hiking boom, you know, people right. saw that movie and felt, Oh wow, this is incredible. And even though that was about the Pacific crest trail, right. um, the AT is the most popular trail in the world. Um, so it, it, people have been coming and coming and coming every year attempting to do this. Um, but still, there's just not a lot of people that, that, that get from point A to point B. <laughs> right. So 5,000 attempt, how many finish a year? Do you know that statistic um, offhand? If I you don't, that's okay. Yeah, but again, it, it's definitely it's definitely roughly 70% of that that okay. don't make it. Oh, so don't make it. Okay. Don't make it. Yeah. So you're looking at you know, 25 to 30% that do. Okay. Um, so yeah. So, so like I said, day one was nice and day two was, was cold and rainy, but day two, I also met a group of guys uh-huh. uh, that were also attempting it, you know, and, uh, w- you know, we got to talking around the camp and we built a fire and, uh, we took a liking to each other and decided, mm-hmm. Hey, let's, let's do some hiking with each other. It was about five or six of us, I believe. Um, and that's something else that's beautiful because here you are with these right. people you know, we're, we're all attempting the same thing and, and we might have some reasons that are similar, but we probably have other reasons that are not so much. Right. So you kind of group up and then you become a little bit of a team, you know, yeah. it doesn't you're hiking together. You're, you're spread out throughout the day, but you're saying, all right, here's where we're going today. You know, we're going 13.7 miles to this campsite, you know, see you at water stops or see you at lunch break and we'll see you at camp. And, and uh, you learn quick that it, you kind of need that. <laughs> right, right. Or you go a little crazy. So, yeah. right. So how do you, like, I don't, I, again, I don't know anything about this experience. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, maybe some of the listeners don't as well. What is it like when you said water breaks and lunch breaks and things like that? Are there places or are mm-hmm. there, like, how is that? Well, definitely with the Appalachian Trail, there's, there are literally campsites and lean-tos all the way from Georgia to Maine. So lean-tos okay. are three-walled um, shelters with a roof and, okay. and the front is wide open. Okay. So typically anywhere from four to 12, 12 people can sleep in those, okay. you know, like laying down your sleeping pad, which you're carrying, you're laying down your sleeping bag, which you get in, uh, or you're setting up your tents around that if it's full. Okay. And there's always kind of usually a camp, there's usually a fire pit there. So it's a great place to be able to like, we all have guides, so okay. we know exactly where these are throughout the whole entire trail. Okay. So you have those discussions. Hey, where are you guys trying to hike today? Are you trying to hike to this campsite, 12 from here, or this campsite that's 16 and a half from here? Right. And so you pick. And even if you're a solo, you're still you're still basing your hike off of pretty much you know, campsite. These markers. Campsite. These markers. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't okay. always work out that way. Sometimes it gets dark faster. <laughs> you, okay. You just got to find a flat or it's, area. Yeah, it's, or the weather, weather gets in the way. So yeah. what about, um, like, uh, as far as, and you can get water at these sites then and refill and all that. Actual water. Yeah. Usually they okay. try to put these campsites in the lean-tos toward, uh, next to a brook. Um, so it's easy for you to, to re-up and okay. obviously you're supposed to filter your water. Some oh, us, okay. I was going to say, us, yeah. Some of us diehards aren't so good at that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're drinking literally water right out of the brook? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I did that in Colorado and I thought I was like breaking all rules of the universe by doing that because I'm like, oh no, I'm probably going to get some sort of parasite. But there was just something so amazing about putting your hands in the water and and it was so crystal clear up in the mountains, oh. you know, that, I mean, okay, so that wasn't a bad thing. I'm not going to die from that. Yeah, you, are, you technically are breaking the rules, but. <laughs> I'm a rebel. 
Yeah. <laughs> Keep doing that. You know, <laughs> knock on wood, I've had no issues and I've been a rebel way too many times when it comes to filtering right. my water. You know, obviously if I see cows around, I'm filtering my water. <laughs> right. Or maybe if you're in Mexico hiking somewhere, you might want to yes. filter your water. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Interesting. So then what about showering? Because, you know, I care about that at times. Yeah, well, you gotta you gotta get used to not showering. So, For like, like there are shower places though. Eventually, well, right? Because yes, that's like six months. Six months. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go six months without a shower. <laughs> um, <laughs> so another thing that you're basing your hike off of is is towns. Oh, um, okay. Lots of towns. There's okay, lots of it. towns along AT. So of course, you you know you're basing hikes off of what town you want to get to. One because you want to take a shower. Right. Right. <laughs> it's such a privilege to sleep in a bed. Okay. Okay. All towns have nice little restaurants where you can get real food. Okay. <laughs> uh, and most importantly, you got to resupply what oh. food you're carrying. Okay. So you're basing your hike off of, you know, if you're carrying, say, anywhere from five to seven days worth of camp oh, food. Oh, right. You're saying, okay, and, you know, anywhere from five to seven days, I need to be at this town to pick up a, either a package I have of food or. There's a, there's a market there where I can resupply the food that I need. Okay. So on an so. average, about once a week, at least, at least once a week, you're hitting a town. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's, okay. it's literally, you can go longer, but you know, technically seven days is a good stretch to go where you're carrying seven days because the other thing with through hiking is you got to be super weight conscious of mm-hmm. how much weight you're carrying in your pack. Okay. You know, the less weight you carry, right. the easier is. Right, right. And that in itself was a, you know, was a was a major lesson right off the bat. When I my first started day one, my pack was roughly forty five pounds uh-huh. with with water and food. Um, by the end, I learned to carry less than thirty with full food and water. Okay, you start okay. learning what you don't need. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. So now, like the million questions just fell in my head. So let's yeah. let's let's nail some of these. It's all about your hike, so you'll know every answer. Um, what did you do before you went on the hike to prepare for this? Because that's a group, that's a lot of exercise. Like, how did you get yourself ready for it? Or did you just go, I'm in, let's just do this thing. Well, physically I didn't do much. Oh, really? Like, I'm in. And I, after this, I can, I can send you a picture of the before and after I started the hike at 181 pounds and I finished it at 126 126? <laughs> not, we're not talking kilos. Pounds? Pounds. Pounds. <laughs> and you were yeah. still like, where are you now? Like, what's your, where did you uh, level right off? Right now I'm about 160. Okay. 160. So, um, you know, it's normal weight. Right. Uh, so you were like, were you like, like, was that bad? <laughs> so that seems bad to go that low. Like, that's really well, low. Well, um, I'm only 5'6". Okay. So it's not like I'm 6'2", 120. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Yeah, I'm, not okay. a very, I'm not a very tall guy. I, okay. shouldn't, I usually tell people I'm 5'7", but now they're going to hear the podcast. Oh, and, I know. I like to I, exaggerate that one. 5'6 <laughs> and a half. Right. <laughs> uh, so um, it wasn't bad. I mean, I didn't have any health issues. Or I'm as strong as an ox. You know? Okay. I mean, definitely gotcha. lost a lot of weight, but I was... I was as fit as can be. Oh, you, you know? were just like probably like super like 2% body fat or something or 1% at the it, end of that, right? It was, it was crazy. Yeah. It, was, it was it was nuts. So it was nice to lose all that weight, but I, I definitely wanted to put some back on okay. when, I, when I wrapped it up. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so I didn't. So, But what I did is just to kind of like have an understanding of what I was getting myself into, um, our family has a place up in Maine, and mm-hmm. uh, I, took, I took a ride up there. 
uh, with my tent and I decided uh-huh. like practice setting my tent up outside and, actually, <laughs> I, and, the, and, and I went up actually I think it was like November it was pretty uh-huh. cold up so I, it was like in the 20s so I uh-huh. want to know what it was like to sleep in my tent and right. cold weather outside so okay. that's how I wanted to make sure I'm, I wouldn't have a problem setting up the tent in dark and cold weather and sleeping it was so did different. you did you have a ton of uh, I know I can't even imagine that I don't like to imagine that <laughs> No, um, did you do a lot of like YouTube videos and research about here's what you really need to carry on the trail? Here's all that I kind did. of stuff. Okay. Yeah, I I really dove dove in more so than anything I've ever okay. dove into before in my life. Uh, and one of the good things is the the website that I I blogged on the Dusty Camel. Um, one of the guys that ran that website, Andy Lobb, the two it was him and um, this guy Ian who started the site, they both threw height. They were oh, AT. Okay. And I was lucky enough that Andy actually lived in Boston. So uh, I got to meet him and we got to sit down. And it was funny, I had like a whole list of questions to ask mm-hmm. him. And like, as I started started like going with questions, he said, um, he said, Jess, let me stop you for a second. He goes, do you think you can do this? I go, I think I can do this. He goes, well, if you think you're not going to be able to do it, do you know you can do this? Right. I said, yes, I know I can do this. Like for some reason, I really believe that I could hike this hike. Oh. You know, I never had it. I never really had a moment where I was like, I'm not capable of doing this. This isn't going to work out. I thought it was going to be really hard. Something really crazy was going to have to happen to take me off trail. Mm-hmm. And what he said is, dude, just hike. You're right. going to, you're going to learn as you go. Like just get out there, right. start, take yeah. it day by day. One of the most important um, pieces of advice that any hiker will ever tell you when they're trying to through hike is if you feel like you're going to quit, give it three days. And okay. after three days, you still want to quit, then you're probably going to quit. Okay. Most cases, you know, if you make it a day and you feel better, then you just keep going. Right, because um, it's it's up and down. It's that kind of thing, right? It's there's it is. good. There's a just a constant series of good and bad days, Ooh, or good and bad goodness. moments. Good and bad moments, days. You know. Body pain. Um, it, I mean, we could. I could go on for an hour. Yeah, so, so tell me, like, um, and I like to have numbers lists and all that. So, tell me, like, three things that were the biggest challenges and three things that were the biggest rewards as you're going through it while you're going through yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the things that stands out, I remember roughly being in probably 300 miles. Kind of had a meltdown one mm. day. It was a hot day. Uh, I was climbing, climbing a pretty tough, pretty tough mountain. And it was like my third climb of the day. And I'm like, man, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm still out of shape. I'm still not, you know, I'm not strong. And I just remember being like, this is really, really hard. And I'm a 40 year old man, but I was like, I started crying. Mm. (laughs) And I remember getting to the top of this mountain and I just needed to sit down for a while. And I had service and I called my mom. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) So there's this 40 year old guy sitting on a rock on top of a mountain crying, (laughs) calling his mom because he's just kind of a mess. And um, that was a tough day. That was a tough moment. But talking to my mom made it a great moment, you know, because my mom was just kind of like, hey, you're okay. <laughs> Think about what you're doing right now and just and realize, you know, like what you're taking on. You knew it was going to be hard. Right. So, you know, cry it out, breathe, eat a little right. food, and then get going again. Right. And I was like, that's all I needed. So that was that was one that started as as a tough moment, but got good. There was um, the same in the same sense, the halfway point, Harper's Ferry, uh, West Virginia. I was going into that halfway point. I was having severe f- foot issues. Okay. Uh, 
they were just, I switched shoes to a pair of shoes that just didn't agree with my feet. My feet were super swollen. It almost looked like they had burns. There were so much, so many blisters. Mm. Um, and, I mean, my left foot, I just remember how painful it was to walk on this thing. And I had 17 miles <laughs> this last day to get to the halfway point. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I don't care how much this hurts. I'm getting there because my dad was there. Um, oh. My dad was there waiting for me. And to get into Harpers Ferry, there's this really long bridge. <laughs> And he was waiting at the end of the bridge on the other side. And, and a, one hiker, I guess, went by him and he goes, hey, um, do you know, and we're going to talk, you're going to have a question after I tell you this, but my dad asked that hiker, do you know Boston? Do you know the Boston Mule? And everybody's like, oh yeah, he's right behind you. He's kind of in rough shape. He had, he's having some problems with his feet. So my dad panicked a little bit, thought I was uh -huh. injured. And my dad will tell you, I got, I got to the bridge and I was running. <laughs> oh, you know? like I saw my dad on the other side of the bridge oh. and he's throwing his arms up up in the air and uh you know i'm just charging there because here i am you know i'm uh, i'm over a thousand miles into my hike and there's my father waiting for me and uh, we're going to take a few days off i was going to take three days off to rest my feet hang out uh -huh. with my dad hang out with other hikers um we were actually gonna do trail magic is which means you 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 provide food to through hikers so my dad showed up with his caravan full with a bunch of food we threw uh -huh. down a table on the side of the trail and we gave other hikers you know, sticker bars and sodas and all kinds of goodies as they as they came across the bridge. But that that was feet. The, the the problem with my feet, which was a really tough moment for me, it all kind of went away as soon as I saw my dad and right. to rest and relax and and just have that and knowing that I was halfway there and you know I was like my feet will be fine. You know I'm gonna right. soak them some some water or salt. <laughs> well, and sometimes <laughs> it's like you you. Uh... Like if that marker would have been moved another mile, it would have been impossible. But because once you get to that point, you're like, okay, I can do yeah. it. I can see the end and it's all good. And then all of a sudden all that pain and anguish in our, that our brain is processing kind of goes away. It just like yeah. takes a break. And, <laughs> oh, can I tell you how much I love your parents right now? Gosh. Yeah, they're, like they're super supportive. Right. Uh, I have some pretty good stories about my dad. I, he, <laughs> he became kind of like my... Uh, my Appalachian Trail stalker. <laughs> <laughs> I have a GPS that you can track me um, uh -huh. while I'm while I'm moving on trail, and and he religiously watched that because he likes to post on his social media what I'm what I'm doing, my progress, telling all his friends and stuff. Uh -huh. And there was another time where obviously this wasn't the halfway point, but I maybe had a sore knee or a sore calf, so I decided to go in town to take a couple of days off. Uh -huh. And I remember getting a text from him, and he goes, "Hey, uh, your GPS hasn't moved in oh. two days." And I go, yeah, I, I'm I'm nursing a sore whatever injury right. I was I was doing. I'm I'm nursing this, just getting a little extra rest before I start again. He goes, well, you better get moving. Don't fall behind. <laughs> I told him I was like, I'm gonna get a restraining order against you. <laughs> You're watching me this closely. And I also said it must be nice sitting at home in your recliner watching Judge Judy while you're. <laughs> Giving me crap for not for making more progress in my twenty two hundred mile hike. Keeping it, keeping it real, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm super lucky. Uh, my mom and dad have been fantastic. My stepdad, um, you know, my brother Scott. I, I just I have a really good, really good um, group of people in my life, mm -hmm. family, friends that uh, that encourage me to keep to keep, not only push myself on the Appalachian Trail, but you know, to this day, right. keep pushing what I'm trying to do with hike the good hike. So yeah, oh, I love that. I love that. So that's two. Yeah, two hard stories. Right, so three. The um, third. The third. Let's see. So good and bad, right? 
So right. let's let me give you a good one. Okay. When we were when we were talking about how I was blogging and I was posting photographs and I started like having more and more people, you know, reach out to me, whether mm -hmm. it was on Facebook, through social media, through through the website, um, subscribing to the blog. Um, and I started hearing from people. Obviously, I heard from a ton of people that I knew that were in my life, um, people who wanted to send me packages with food and stuff. Like it just started getting so overwhelming in a good way. Right. With but one particular um, one that really stood out to me was um, a friend of mine um, who I went, who I grew up with in this neighborhood here in Cambridge, Massachusetts, known my whole life. Um, her mom reached out to me, and I probably hadn't talked to her mom in, since I was in, like a teenager, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, she wrote me a, a little message, and she said, "Hey Jess, um, it's been great following you on Facebook. I, I go and I read your blogs, and I love looking at the photographs that you take while you're on trail." I just want you to know that I've been battling cancer. Mm. Um, and she said, I, it's, it's something that I just would love to tell you is that every week before I go into treatment, I click on your blog or I click on your Facebook to see where you're at, what pitches you've taken, what video you may have put up, um, or, or one of your writings on the blog. And it just it gives me a little extra pep in my step when I go into tra treatment and puts wow. me in a good And that... Wow. Like you can't, that's the thing, you follow your dream and you don't realize what's going to happen because of just doing that thing. You know, you, you, you have no idea because you, right. you do this for yourself to start off with, right? Right. Like, this is for me to figure out what, what's going on with me and how I right. can, how I can salvage the rest of my time here in, in, a, in a more positive way. Um, but then you get a message like that and you're just like, wow. Right. Like, and it goes along with what I was saying. There's no way, I, even though I never felt like I was going to quit, I was like, I, 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 I'll go to Maine, turn around, and go down to, to Georgia again if if this is how it's like, and this right. is the kind of response I get for for what I'm what I'm doing, just by taking steps and, and climbing mountains. You know? Right, right. I mean, to think that, to think you're having that impact. Like I just had somebody from across the world who listened to an episode I was on on another podcast about following my dream. Mm -hmm. And uh, he wrote me. He said, I listened to it twice, and I I would really like you to maybe have my mom on your show because she – and explain some of the reasons why, but, like – and it's all about inspiring her and inspire, and sharing her story. But to mm -hmm. think that, like, just because I started this podcast with really the intention of inspiring people and someone from Australia heard me talk on another show – about the changes I made in my life enough to say, to reach out to me personally and say, would you talk to my mom? Like, what do you, like, how can you even put a price on that? You know? You can't. And, and it's, there, there's this quote and I don't remember who said it, which I hate when that happens, but it's something about like, um, don't look for what the world needs. Look for what lights you up. Like what makes you come alive and do that. Cause that's I what the world that. needs. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. And that it is so true. It is exactly that. Yeah, and I think you're going to understand this. When you're doing that, it's still tough, right? It's right. like life is still really hard. Right. You're still hitting those same roadblocks or, you know, personally I'm still having demons that I'm that I'm having discussions with every day. Right. It's still hard, but by having that that one thing that you're so passionate about mm -hmm. that's kind of lit this fire inside of you, it it it's not the woe is me factor. It's more of okay, this is okay. This is life. This is being a human being, you know, right. like let's keep plugging away. <laughs> and you know what? Do you have the same feeling too? Like, I don't know who I would be without it anymore. Yeah. 
I feel the same way because, you know, I, I bartend at night, right. right? This is what I, so I went back to the restaurant business. <laughs> I just don't like to manage. I okay. always say, don't make me manage people. I just want to go in. I like talking to people. So <laughs> I thought bartending would be a good gig, you know, but during the day I'm, I'm out of my house and I'm at the local coffee shop and my computer's open and I'm researching and I'm continuing to try to figure out ways that I can make Hike the Good Hike grow into what I think is possibly a super thing for people to follow along and, and, and watch and listen to and, you know, hopefully like relate to. So, and join, and join yeah. the, the good hike, right? It's, it's, it's a job, right? Like right. we're doing that work, but you love doing it. Right. <laughs> right. And I, if you didn't I, have it, if you stopped hiking, oh. who would you be? Right. You'd be there. There's no going back. Once you once you leap into that thing that is the fire within you, it's like mm. you cannot stop. There's yeah. no stopping. There's no stopping. And and the thing is, I get to that point where it's like I start seeing some of the thing, you know, some of the things that I, I, I had in my life before. And it's like, all right, time for a hike. Right. <laughs> you know, I was having like last week was tough. I was like, you know, it was ups and downs, up and downs. And on Sunday I was off and I was like. All right, you know, I drove out to Western Massachusetts and I did a fourteen and a half mile hike in the snow. And but, like you said, it, it rejuvenates you and it reminds you, you know, why you're doing what you're doing. Um, right. and, and when it comes down to it, this this really is just all about my message and and what it's done for me. So, you know, I'm, I'm not looking to change the world. You <laughs> know, I know probably a lot of people say that, but I'm just trying to get a few people to pay attention and, and say. Oh, wow. You know what? I, I can relate to that. I've been in that place and maybe I should take a step back and look at how I, I want to live my life. Tell me about how you got, when you got to the end of that first one, like what was, let's talk about that experience. Oh, you know, I mean, I, I hit Mount Katahdin and, and there I was, you know, I reached the top with a few of my hiking friends that I had mm-hmm. hiked the last couple of months and, and it's like, oh my goodness, I did it. Like I, I hiked 2,200 miles, you know, I'm one of the few that was able to, to accomplish this, you know, and then it's, you know, you certainly have a moment where you're kind of in shock. So the emotions don't hit you. And then you're sitting there and you go, Whoa, and then the, emotions, <laughs> the emotions really hit you. And then the funny thing about Malkatata and like to get off of it, it you gotta, you gotta climb down this thing called the, the razor's edge. And it's really hard. And I'm like, why, why do I have to do this to get off this mountain? I just, <laughs> I just had the biggest accomplishment of my life. I should have a helicopter picking me up and taking me down because the actual finish of the hike is on top of the mountain. It's not the bottom. So you're done. And then you got to climb over these rocks with these thousand foot drops on both sides. And like, this is oh insane. <laughs> so, but then I got to the bottom and once again, my dad was there and, and a lot of other families and friends that I was with and we celebrated and felt great. And then, and then, yeah, you have this, what now? <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> this what now moment, right? Like I did it and it's, it's a life-changing experience for sure. You know, I'm healthier. I've, I'm happy. Um, but then you're, you're totally, you totally have this moment of fear. Like I'm going back home and mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, right. I literally, I was kind of in that same position, but I was driven, you know, mm-hmm. I was motivated. Um, and it kind of all came together in terms of just that feeling of inspiring and having people reach out mm-hmm. that I started thinking to myself, there's something here. There's something, there's something here to this. Like, right. I can do something with this whole hike, the good hike thing. And it's funny. I saw a video of myself just under 500 miles into the Appalachian trail. I made a video and I posted on Facebook and I'm talking, I'm like, Hey, and I'm, I don't just talking about the world and how people, you know, 
it's not a great time in this world. I don't even know what was going on then, but probably uh -huh. very similar today. <laughs> and, uh, and at the end of the video, I said, you know, but I'm just out here hiking the good hike. And I couldn't believe that I was actually saying that. You know, I don't even know how I came up with hike the good hike. Right. You know, I almost think like it's that saying like, living the dream. And people say that sarcastically. Right. I think I said at the end of one of those rainy cold hikes when one of my buddies was, how you doing, Boston? I said, hiking the good hike. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that's how it evolved. But then it became, like you said, it became my, my mantra. Yeah. Um, and so I came home and, you know, I decided to bartend, but I, I wanted to hike more. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and we could probably go on for another hour with that because I've had some big dreams and aspirations. But my, my whole thing with hiking has changed so much. Um, I recently did the Colorado Trail, which is a 500 miler. Um, and, and that particular hike really changed the way I felt about hiking because I had a lot of alone time. Um, I actually almost went five days at one point without even seeing a human being. Um, and that trail, other than like the first week and a half, I literally was on my own. And, it, and I did it in 24 days. I didn't take any days off. Like I did it very differently than I did the Appalachian Trail, trail where the AT was more of like a social hike. This one was like a test to see mm -hmm. how I can be in, on my own, how I can handle averaging over 20 miles a day. You know, mm -hmm. I, had, I had to be at a wedding <laughs> in, 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 uh, in Golden, Colorado. So I had just this short little window. So I said, I'm going to go out 25 days before the wedding and see if I can make it 500 miles, which I did, which was awesome. Congratulations, <laughs> it, by the thank way. Thank you. Uh -huh. Yeah. yeah. And, and I also made an attempt at the Pacific Crest Trail in 2017, which is 2650. Um, and I got to almost 2,000 miles, but I had to um, – I made the decision that I had to stop my hike because of the wildfires in the Pacific Northwest. They just became so hard throughout there that it just it turned into something that wasn't the, the thrill and, and what I always got from hiking. Mm -hmm. And that, I felt like, was a bigger lesson than completing mm -hmm. the Appalachian Trail because I also learned that, yeah, I was disappointed. I still had five months of hiking that I loved. <laughs> right, right. It's Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's so, like knowing your own your own truth, you know what I mean? Like not doing it for other people, not doing it for other reasons, but doing it for, for what's right for you. And I think, you know, the other thing that you said about how you get done and you're like, okay, now what? You cannot underestimate the difference, the change in who you are from the start of one of those leaps to the end of it. The mm. who you are at that point is so different when you're starting to go, what now? What am I going to do next? Than the person mm. you were before you started it. That it's it's like you can't even like act like it's – you aren't even the same person at all. You're not. Because once you take a leap into that fear, scary space, change my life, turn it upside down, whatever it is for the person or for you or for me, you are not the same. Everything is different. Mm -hmm. Mind, body, and soul is very different. Right. You're, you're – to life is different and um even though some things may be the same even the way that you face those things mm -hmm. are the same is different right right it's, right it's like you notice those differences and and you kind of like even though they can be they can be real hard times you know you you still you're still more so capable of saying to yourself i know i know i can overcome mm -hmm. i can overcome any of this because that's what hiking has taught me. I never really think that hiking, like, it's so much the lesson of, oh, my goodness, I was able to hike 2,200 miles. Like, the physical aspect of it, it's more so, like, what it's taught me mentally and, and how it's opened my mind. Like, right. that's what I'm so grateful for, for hiking. That it's opened my mind to, like, to just look at things differently and, and try things that I may never try before. You know, I, I've been 
I've been working with meditation the last couple of months, which is, you know, a hard thing in itself, but I would never have tried something like that before 2015. I probably would have been one of those guys like, I'd rather watch a football game. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, but hiking has just taught me to just appreciate life mm-hmm. and, and to not give up and to really just keep pushing and, and, and trying to find the best in all and trying to smile. And even when it's a hard day, like find something within that day that that was good. Right. You know, and, and focus on that. On gratitude and good. And and, and the impermanence, right? So in mm. the, on a very, very hard day, you know that right around the corner is a, an a amazing day. Right? Yes. And it, it, I was thinking when you were talking about the story of your hike on the AT, how it's almost like a mini movie of life in a way. <laughs> because life is like that. You'll have these really, really high moments, like parts mm. of life, and then these really deep, low challenging parts of life and it just keeps changing all the time and yeah i think it's such a great analogy for life as a whole yeah and that's what hike the good hike is to me it's not really just that it's a metaphor right Mm -hmm. it's like i'm not telling people to quit their day jobs and go hike five thousand miles what i'm telling people to do is just take a step back look at yourself find something you may love Mm -hmm. you know i I try to push get outside you know Shut the shut the computers off. Put the phones away. Mm-hmm. Kayak. Go for a run. Go for a walk. Go horseback riding. You know, go to a Zumba class. Like whatever that is, whatever it is, you're you may find something that you really enjoy, and then you start making a little bit of time for yourself. You know, whether it's three times a week, every day, you may do that for an hour, and you found your hike. And right. whether it, whether it hurts, whether it's a tough one, I mean, it, anything is physical, right? It's still a good hike. Because you're learning, you're, you're right. learning about yourself. You're learning what you're capable of doing. So. Right. It's that's such a great story, and like the what you're doing, and the fact that you're so authentic about where you are in it. That it's not like, oh, I did the thing, and I'm all like, <laughs> life is all good now. It's really about. It's a const. It's a continue. Life is a hike. Like you're saying, life is a hike. Yeah, life is a hike. The whole life, life is very much so a hike, and right. I got a long way to go. Right. Me too. <laughs> There's a lot of trail left. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And I, I like I was thinking back to when you talked about the par- the birthday party where that you had this epiphany. I would bet, I would venture to bet of the fifty or so people that were there, at least half of them have that same hollow feeling somewhere deep inside of them. At sure. least half. And what we want to do is inspire people to recognize that and take their own leap, whatever that is. I mean, everyone's what they need or what they want, what they're not living up to in their in their deep soul is is different. But just doing that thing and going after it. And, you know, when you're home on your own and you, you realize you're crying and <laughs> right. you got to say to yourself, something's not right, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think what I was doing was I kept so busy there wasn't time to have that moment. Yeah. You know, I'll just keep filling up my day and then I won't have to think about that other thing in my head. Yeah, that's a good way to do it, right? To yes. try to avoid it all together. And, and <laughs> getting out in nature, easier. yeah, and getting out in nature breaks that. Like well, I bike, that's my thing is biking. So I go out and bike on trails. When I'm out there, all those things open up in my mind that I need to think about. Do you look at where you bike? Do you almost look at it as like a like a human being? Do you have talks with that trail? Like, oh I, yeah, <laughs> right. Like yeah. sometimes I get mad at the trail and I'm like, why are you doing this to me? Yes. I may curse at it for a while, <laughs> and then I realize, oh, I shouldn't have done that because now it's just gonna it's gonna treat me like crap all day. So then I say sorry to the trail. I mean, the trail is just so beautiful. I mean, yes. even in it, at its at its hardest, 
worst moments. It's still like if you look through my Instagram, you uh, you'll see some pictures of where I put my tent down for the night with the sun going down, and it's like this is better than any re- resort <laughs> hotel. Like you can't beat this. Like give me a better place to sleep at night. Oh my gosh, you're totally making me ache to go out in nature right now, and it's like super cold and wet and snowy here. But <laughs> I need to get out there soon. So um, before we get done, though, I need to ask you for three random facts. If you have any that you want to throw out about yourself. Okay. Three random facts or just anything? Of anything. All right. Um, Well, uh, when I was in high school, I was a seven-time cross-country indoor-outdoor state champion. Nice. Uh, That kind of ties in, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) That's why I kind of knew I could probably physically get the trail because I was stubborn and I knew knew I'd get in shape. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, at some point, I'm going to lose weight and I'll get stronger. So, Bonus, right? <laughs> you know, get through the first couple of months and like it's all downhill from there. <laughs> right. That's awesome. That's an awesome way to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's actually the fastest high school miler uh, in the United States for the indoor season my senior year. So, wow, yeah. that's uh, awesome. Um, I love to sing, but I don't sing in a regular voice. I sing in a reggae voice. <laughs> Sang with some jam bands and got on the microphone in front of lots of people. And uh, people turn around and they go, is that coming out of the little white Irish guy? <laughs> he sounds like <laughs> sounds like he's from Jamaica. Um, uh, so are there fun. videos of this that we can get a hold of? Okay. Yeah, I could probably find one or two. You're going to have to send one to link to the show. Yeah, surprised by that. Well, let me ask you, let me tip one off. I'll yeah, ask you a question. Yeah. yeah. I just curiosity, like what is it that you love about bartending? Um, <laughs> this is going to be good. And my mom and pretty much anybody in my family will tell you this. I love to talk about what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, this gives me a pretty good stage to do that, right? right. I'm meeting, I'm meeting new people all the time, but I also have regulars and uh, I tell them my story, and I tell them about Hike the Good Hike, and I tell them, you know, at home I go by Jesse, but on the trail I go by the Boston Mule. How um, did you get that name? You were going to tell us that. Yeah, that was given to yeah. me. So if you're if you're okay. a through hiker, you're you know it's it's more so based on the Appalachian Trail. That's where it all started. Um, people give you a trail name, and I got to oh. give this to my boy Griff, who also went by Little Giant. Um, <laughs> Little he Giant. That he was really tall guy, and one day he was hiking on trail. And some little kid who was out with his family for a day hike was running up the trail and he had his head down and he almost ran into Griff and he looked up and he yelled and he went, it's a little giant. (laughs) So that's how we got his trail name, which fantastic way to get your trail name. I love that. Uh, Mine started at Boston because people like, you can tell by your accent. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, I, I get a little angry on the trail sometimes, like my little Boston attitude came oh, it's out. a little stubborn? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> One guy called me the Joe Pesci of, of hiking, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Then um, you must have really uh, refrained on this show, <laughs> yeah, this recording. No. I mean, like you said, it's the up and downs of life, man. It's tough out there. <laughs> you have your moments. That's why I spent so much time apologizing to the trail because <laughs> my outlashes. But the other part was we don't. Whenever we would go into small towns down south, if there was a bar, we would go in, and I'd always ask for a Moscow Mule. And oh, none of these okay. bars knew what it was or how to make it or even had half the ingredients. Mm-hmm. So Griff actually said to me, Little Giant said to me one day, he goes, Boston, you're never going to get your mule. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Boston Mule. That's how it. <laughs> that's how it came. 
about. So uh, I like the Moscow that's, Mule. That's too. a random fact, right? I guess that's, that's a, totally a random fact. Yeah, I love I, that. About my trail name, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is that what you're called all the time now when you're on the trail? Um, yes, because once you get a trail name, you don't change it. Sticks. It nice. sticks, and I love it. You know, I, I love going by it, and sometimes I'm more used to hearing that than I am my regular name. So. <laughs> that's funny. Take, yeah, well, it's kind of awesome. cool. I mean, even had a moment recently where I was walking down the street in, in Cambridge, and I don't, I, maybe they knew me, maybe, but someone rolled their window down, and all I heard was, hike the good hike. Wow, that's so yeah. cool. Yes. <laughs> Those yeah. are the moments, right? Those are the moments when you like feel like you're doing the right, you're on the right trail. You're on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. I was recognized by one of my bar guests. Oh, at one nice. That just followed me on Instagram because she was an avid hiker. And oh, she had, really? Yeah. And she goes, why are you here? And she just assumed I lived in the mountains. <laughs> I got to make money to be able to hike. <laughs> Food costs money. Yeah. All of that. Exactly. Exactly. It's a great balance, though, that you figured out for yourself. You know, I mean, it's nice that your life is such that you can do that, where you can work and then go hike and then work and then go hike. I mean, not everybody has that um, that opp- opportunity, but you also created it. Right? right. And I don't struggle with the struggle of it. You know right. what I mean? Like, could I be making more money? Sure. But like, I don't I don't really live for money and my needs aren't really what they what I once thought that. I want them to be, right. you know, I'm okay with being in a tent. <laughs> so are <laughs> you, can and <laughs> are, are you content with your life? Um, I mean, in a sense, I'm content with my life, but like I said, it's, it's still a work in progress, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and there's still things that like every day that I'm, I'm facing, but I, I honestly believe I have more, uh, more courage to take, right. to take things on than I have. And, you know, hike the good hike is evolving, but that's definitely hit some roadblocks too. But, Things are starting to work out there. You know, we've, we've made some merchandise. We're putting some hats out there. Right. We're thinking I have people that are working with me and, and advising me now. And, uh, you know, it's it, it, it's got little feet, but they're, they're growing. Right. <laughs> and, you know, as far as content, I don't think I can be content right now. You know, I got to keep kind of keep hiking. And That's true. Do, always. Um, well, let me ask it differently then. Do you still feel hollow? I have my moments. Yeah. I think I deal with them differently. Right. You know, what I'm trying to do now is I'm really trying to recognize what's right for me mm. and in all ways, like where I am, like where I'm living, what I want to be doing, what, how I really kind of want to see my life. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, it's simple, really. You know, of course, I want to do a lot with Hike the Good Hike, but if it ends up me owning a hostel and like on a, on a trail town somewhere and having other hikers come in and calling it Hike the Good Hike Hostel and have some hats and stuff. I'll tell you right there, that's as rich as I can be, honestly. I know. Just imagine, like, I, when you tell me about all these places along the trail, I kept thinking, oh my gosh, that's like a glistening particles haven, right? To be able to sit there and talk with people. Um, honestly, you, just, should, yeah. you should locate a town and go in someday and just interview <gasps> hikers oh, coming in. That's a good idea. Will you help me with that? I would absolutely help you with okay. that. Okay. All right. We'll talk about that like, after the show, but I would love. Yes. Love, love to do that. Oh my gosh, what a great idea. I'm like goosebumpy all over the place here. <laughs> all right, so we should probably tell people where they can find you. Why don't you uh, list off all those good places? It's pretty easy. Um, on Facebook, uh, Facebook, I, ha- I have the Hike the Good Hike page. Um, Instagram is my number one platform. Um, that's where I post most of the time. Um, and if I'm posting on my website, which is also hikethegoodhike.com, I'm 
putting that out on Instagram to let people know. But uh, on Instagram, it's Hike the Good Hike, Jesse Cody slash the Boston Mule. So anytime you just want to throw in Google Hike the Good Hike, I'm going to pop up everywhere. All right. Well, thank you so much for um, your time today. And I really do hope we get to talk again because it's I'm like lit up. I have the good podcast high going right now, which is my favorite part of doing this. Well, I loved it. I enjoyed it. And I would love, love to come back on, Jane. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. So I'm recording this outro just after doing the interview with Jesse, and I'm still in the midst of the podcast. Hi, why I do this thing. And I wanted to just say to you guys, like if you're out there hiking or if you're doing this thing, share your story with us. Go out to Jesse's site or my site, you know, go to Jane at glisteningparticles.com or email Jesse or post on social media. Tell us what you're doing. We want to hear it. And if this is inspiring you to take your own leap, tell us that too. The main thing is, if you look around, every one of us at some point in our lives had that hollow feeling, and we either take the leap or we don't. And I'm telling you, ever since taking the leap, there is nothing like it. So tell us what you're doing. Thanks for listening, everyone. Can't wait to see you again. Bye. So, are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining.